night on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'll look back at one of the best seasons in Mighty Ducks history. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's everyone doing? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez with Zuri here right by my side. How's it going, Zuri? Uh, We are holed up at home still. We're quarantining. We're keeping social distancing. I'm here with Zuri here, a very good puppy right here. She's about four years old. She's a good dog. She's the best dog. But we're not going to talk about dogs too much, even though she's wagging her tail. I think Zuri wants to say hi to the listening audience. So go ahead and say hi, Zuri. I just want to remind you that if you want to hear any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network, you can either listen on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher, or ask your smart device to play Locked On Anaheim Ducks and see if that works. And Zuri is impatient. She doesn't want to hear more of this show. She doesn't want to hear about the 2003 Anaheim Mighty Ducks, don't you? No, I guess not. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about one of the best seasons that was the 2002-2003 Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. So why are we taking a blast from the past? Well, if you guys live in Southern California, you have been in for an epic treat because both Fox Sports West and Prime Ticket have been showing classic games from Ducks vs. Kings, I guess, games in the past. And there have been some pretty interesting ones. On Thursday night, they replayed Kings versus Ducks from 1996. Why is this important? It was the debut of, well, the third jerseys, I guess. Yeah, the Ducks had the Wild Wing jerseys, and the Kings had the infamous Burger King jerseys from all the way back. I don't think the jerseys are that bad on both sides. I mean, I actually kind of like them, but I think I'm in the minority on that one, that I like both the Burger King jersey and the Wild Wing jersey. I think they both look cool, but that's 1996. We're going to talk about 2003, a game that was shown on Prime Ticket Friday night was probably one of the best games in Ducks history, and this is not just me saying this. It really was one of the better Ducks games, and re-watching it, I could feel the excitement, and that was one of those times that was beginning to get to that point where the rivalry was beginning to get more and more I guess, not vicious, but it was starting to get a little bit testy at times. Yeah, Ducks fans were beginning to sense that this could be it. Kings fans were starting to sense, oh boy, both teams are getting very good. The rivalry is beginning to get real. And by the way, it was really weird seeing Tamu Solani not on the Mighty Ducks. This was around that time where he was gone for a brief period. But again, this was back in 2003. You had players like Peter Sakura and Rob Niedermeyer. He was on that team briefly. Then you had Soleil was there. You had Vishnevsky, who, by the way, another one of those underrated players. You had Matt Cullen there. Andy Mack. I've talked about this guy in the past. Still one of my favorite classic Ducks players. Andy McDonald, great season then. Then you had Jason Krog. You had Chistov, who I thought had a good game. Adam Oates. Adam Oates was on that team. And then you had Rooch. Steve Ruchin, Peter Sikor, Paul Correa. Still one of the favorite players 
of all time for the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Yes, I still call them the Mighty Ducks sometimes because that's the team that I grew up with. They were called the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Quack, 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 and all that stuff. I mean, if you were a kid growing up in SoCal around that time and you loved those movies, then yeah, that was your team. The Mighty Ducks. I still call them that, and I cannot wait till the Mighty Ducks film comes out on Disney+. Plus. I'm still waiting, Disney+. Plus. Tick, tick, tick. But really, in regards to that particular game that was shown on Prime Ticket, and I did live tweet it, so if you followed at LO underscore Ducks, that game was at the pond on January 22nd, 2003. All the way back from the Mighty Decade. Yes, that was the, I guess, logo on Center Ice where it was the Mighty Decade. We'd see that logo a lot later on in the season because we'd see that logo all through the playoffs, but we'll get to that. So January 22nd, 2003, the Kings are coming in with a not-so-hot record. The Ducks at the time were in the playoff chase. They were 2017-7-4 because there were still ties back then. So the Ducks were still looking okay at the time. They were kind of going back and forth, win-loss, win-loss. They were a team trying to find themselves still at the time and even before that game they had just come off of a tough overtime loss to the Minnesota Wild so what would happen on January 22nd well I would say the Ducks got off to a pretty fast start on this game how fast you say they scored three in the first Paul Correa got a goal then Paul Correa got a power play goal at the time the Mighty Ducks were a very good power play team if you can believe that And as I said, they were something very special. You could tell right away in December, January, this was a special team. This was a team that was going somewhere. And I was originally going to record something Friday morning, but when I saw the TV standings and it said, hey, they're playing this game Friday night, I said, well, I'm going to stay up late. I may as well watch this. So I, I said, why not? So check the TV standings, see that it's on late, check that out, scene Paul Correa scored that second power play goal. The crowd was just electric at the time, and you could hear from the crowd. They were chanting, they were hooting, they were hollering. I wish I was at that game. That would have been fun to watch. And even on that first period, it was rough. There was a lot of penalties. There was some fighting going on. Norton and Mike Brown, they kind of got into it. The Kings, they were kind of headhunting just a little bit, as these two teams usually do. But then the Kings came right back with not one, not two, not three, but four goals in the second period. And this was a pretty good Kings team, too, because they had just come off of their own playoff appearance the year before. So this was not a bad LA Kings team. I loved watching both those teams play. I loved it. So you see the Kings scoring just right away. I think Joe Corvo got the tangle, and then Ziggy Palfi, another great SoCal player. He got the power play goal to put them up 4-3. Yeah, he was a fan favorite for the LA Kings. You know, Jiggy looked bad. I thought they were going to pull Jiggy after that fourth goal because they came quickly. You know, the first goal came with about 13 minutes left, then 12 minutes left, then 10 minutes left. Then that last goal was on a power play, but giving up four goals in about six, seven minutes, it looked like they might pull Jiggy, but no, kept with them. Good, good, good on them. Sticking with, oh, wait. 5-3 now. Yeah, Chartrand scored for the LA Kings. Brad Chartrand, not Brad Marchand. Yeah, 
5-3 Kings. This was kind of late in the game too, about halfway through the third period. It was 5-3. Well, how the hell are they going to come back from this? Well, some of those players I mentioned. Rooch! The fans were not booing. They were saying Rooch. Steve Rooch and got the power play goal to make it 5-4. And yes, I was one of those fans. If I'd go to the Ducks game, I would say Rooch. <laughs> then um, Schoenard got the game-tying goal. And then, with about three and a half minutes left, someone that I liked a lot, Peter Sikora, he got the game-winning goal to make it 6-5. Yeah, okay. The comeback was awesome. And if you guys were lucky enough to watch it on Prime Ticket, that was a blast to watch. But it was a great glimpse to look back on that special 2003 Mighty Ducks team. And I know NHL Network recently played a bunch of those 2003 playoff games, including games with the Mighty Ducks. This was a good team. This was a very good team. And hopefully Fox Sports West and Prime Ticket can show more of those games. Maybe not this coming week, but maybe the following week or the week after that. Pull out some more of those Kings-Ducks games. We want to see it. So if you guys followed along and watched, you know, tell me your thoughts. What did you think of that team? I'll tell you more memories of that team coming up after the first intermission. But before we go into a break, be sure to check out some special offers, including an offer from DoorDash. If you download the DoorDash app, you can get $5 off your first order with the promo code locked on. Or you can download the Postmates app and you'll get 100 bucks in free restaurant delivery credit for your first seven days with the promo code locked on. So be sure to check that out once again. Postmates, you could check out DoorDash. They have deals. There's all kinds of other deals that you should check out on LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is raining once again. It feels like it hasn't stopped raining pretty much all week. And in fact, it's been raining pretty much nonstop from Sunday afternoon until Friday night. That's how it's been here in SoCal pretty much all week. Maybe that's just a sign of how hockey fans are feeling because it's been about a month now since we've last seen hockey in Southern California. So I was talking about the 2003 Mighty Ducks, which, I mean, for me personally, for my money, I thought that was one of the, if not the best Mighty Ducks team in franchise history. I mean, yes, the 2007 team did win the Stanley Cup. They were a very dominant team. But as far as just, you know, having some great memories and having some memorable games, I've got to go back to that 2003 team. Yes, they did have a pretty decent season. They went into the playoffs as the number seven seed. And actually, they were not favorites at all in that first round because they had to face the defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round. Yeah, they had to face the Detroit Red Wings, who had just come off of winning a cup. Well, not defending, but they had come off winning a cup fairly recently. And in fact, the Detroit Red Wings... They beat the Carolina Hurricanes in 2002. They won a couple more before that. So, you know, Detroit was a very, very good team. And what happened? Well, that first game, it was a real back-and-forth battle. 
Uh, Ducks and Red Wings, they were 1-1 going into overtime. They were 1-1 going into double overtime. They were still 1-1 going into triple overtime. And what I particularly recall about that game was just Ruchin and Korea were doing very well getting shots away. And what I love about this game a lot was Jiggy. John Sebastian Jiguer had 63 saves and he had 64 shots attempted on him. So how did it end? Well, in the third overtime period, Steve Ruchin won the faceoff, immediately parked himself towards the front of the net. Um, on the faceoff win, he passed it back to Havlid, who then rifled the shot right towards the goal. And picking up the loose change was Paul Correa to score the game-winning overtime goal. So, yeah, as soon as they won that first game, you kind of had that sense like, well, okay, they, they've stolen one in Detroit. Maybe they can make a series out of it. I mean, I didn't think that the Ducks were going to win that series going in because the Red Wings were the best team. They were the defending champions. Fine. I'll just admit that. After they won the second game, that's where I began to think, huh, maybe they have a chance to win this one. Maybe they can, you know, at, even if they split at home, they can win this. They're up to nothing. Then they went up in the series 3-0 against Detroit. And then you kind of started to believe. Maybe, just maybe, they can pull this off. So how did this one end? It ended also in dramatic fashion. The Ducks and Red Wings were tied 2-2 two two going into overtime. And with about 13 minutes left, um, Carney was parked behind the net and passed it to a fairly open Rooch. Steve Roochin got the series-clinching overtime goal to give the Ducks a 3-2 win. They swept the Red Wings. As soon as they swept Detroit, Ducks fans began to think, maybe they can go far. Maybe they have a pretty decent chance. But they would have to face the number one seed, the Dallas Stars. Yeah, you heard that right. The Dallas Stars were a phenomenal team back in 2003. They had some talented players. You know, someone that was in a Mighty Ducks film. He was there. Um, they had Nico Kapanen. They they had some great players on that Dallas Stars side. But that first game, oh my god. So I actually did stay up to watch most of that game. I'll admit I fell asleep watching that game because it was a school night. I mean, it was all the way back in 2003. I was, you know, still in school. And it was also, you know, middle of April. It was a Thursday night. I had class the following morning. So I didn't stay up to watch the whole game because I had to get up fairly early. So I'm like, okay, like after the first overtime, like, okay, maybe they could win in double overtime. No, okay, maybe triple overtime. I was falling asleep. I was like, ah, like I, I want to stay up, but I have to fall asleep. So I woke up the next morning, put it on Sports Center, and kind of looked around and I saw wait what what the hell five overtimes they won it in five overtimes really yeah at the time it was one of the longest games in nhl history in fact it was the fourth longest playoff game in national hockey league history it went five five overtimes against these dallas stars that's how long it went it was the game that never ended it went on and on my friend that's how long it was. Peter Sikora got that goal. 
and then the Ducks won another one on the road. Yeah, that one was also in overtime. They won that one 3-2 in overtime. So you began to get the sense that maybe the Ducks were this magical, mystical team that would just have the flair for the dramatic because it was Mike LeClaire that got that overtime goal. So now fans began to think, okay, they've won six in a row. These guys can't lose. And four of those games were in overtime. In fact, all six of their wins were by one goal. All of them. 2-1-3-2-2-1-3-2-4-3-3-2. So they not only won, they won it close. And it gave the Mighty Ducks fans a bit of a heart attack. If you guys remember this, you guys were there. Didn't those games give you kind of a heart attack watching them? I mean, it, it seemed like every game went to overtime. It was just ridiculous. And then Dallas would win one. Then the Ducks won. Then the Stars won. And then Anaheim would win that series in six games. Jaguar was on another level. He was 8-2 and two at the time. Then they played the upstart Minnesota Wilds, the sixth seed. Minnesota was kind of going off their own thing. And looking to my left, I actually still have this DVD. It's the Minnesota Wilds DVD. And if I can pull this up right now, let's see. I'm still here. Uh, it is the Minnesota Wilds. It is called State of Hockey, Minnesota Wild. This DVD is a very old one. I still don't remember where exactly I picked this up. But it's a 2004 DVD talking about the Minnesota Wild. It shows the playoff overtime games 6-7 and seven versus Colorado, which were pretty wild at the time. So the Minnesota Wild were also another one of those teams that had a flair for the dramatic. They won um, some of the, those games. In fact, their last two games were in overtime. Then they went ahead and they beat the number four seed, Vancouver Canucks. Although Vancouver did win a couple of their overtime games. That series took seven games and Minnesota ended up squeaking out that series win 4-3. So now you have Minnesota that's played the maximum amount of games. Anaheim, they're kind of chilling. They have not played the maximum. So you got to think, well, the advantage is going to Anaheim, right? Well, absolutely. That first game in the series, May 10th. They went ahead and beat the Minnesota Wild in double overtime. In fact, they shut him out. Yeah, it was one thing. There was no score for over 80 minutes of hockey. In fact, it took 88 minutes and 6 seconds for Peter Sikora to score that game-winning overtime goal in double overtime to win that game. Then they shut out Minnesota again. 2 nothing. Then we go back to the pond. They shut out Minnesota again, 4 to nothing. J.S. Jaguar is becoming everybody's favorite player in Anaheim. I mean everybody. Because before that game 4, he was 11-2. and two. He's pitched three shutouts in a row. He's got this amazing streak going on. It eventually came to an end 213 minutes later. But... Seeing that run and just seeing the swell of energy build and build and build behind J.S. Jaguar. At the time, his save percentage was right around, and I kid you not on this, it was around 960-something. Yeah, when you have a save percentage that high in the 960s, yes, if it's after four or five games, small sample size. After 13 games... It is not 
as much of a small sample size, that is just amazing. And allowing very few goals. Yeah, of course, Anaheim swept that series. They won that series four games to nothing. They won that final game two to one, another close game. Yeah, almost all of their wins were of the one goal variety. The only two times that they did not win by more than one goal happened to be against Minnesota. Out of those 12 wins going into the Stanley Cup final, 10 of them, they won by one goal. All four of their victories against Detroit, one goal. All four of their victories against Dallas by one goal. Then you had that overtime game. Then 2 nothing, 4 nothing, 2-1 was the final on that last game. Yeah, this was... This seems like a team of destiny that just won in the most dramatic ways possible. So, I mean, that's just for memory's sake. Oh my god, I can't believe they won all these games in this fashion. And we're going to head into the second intermission. I guess we may as well talk about that Stanley Cup final in the third portion of our podcast. So, you know what? Stay locked in. So I've been recording the first two parts of this podcast late Friday, early Saturday, and was going to record the third part Saturday morning. And then I wake up to this devastating bit of news that is shaking the hockey world as we speak as early Saturday morning, it was unfortunately announced that former Bakersfield Condor Edmonton Oiler and Boston Bruin Colby Cave unfortunately passed away at the young age of 25 after suffering a brain bleed. And he was placed in a coma earlier in the week. Uh, Once again, only 25 years old. His last games were with the Bakersfield Condors. He last played here in Southern California on February 29th against the Ontario Reign, a game that I was working, a game that I was present at. And next podcast we have, whenever that is, um, I'll be sure to give some, just some memories about Colby Cave and go more in-depth about that. But this is all very tragic. And I was going to talk about that Stanley Cup final, but I think if I have a segment and a half, because that was one of the most memorable uh, Cup finals in recent memory, maybe just three or four minutes just doesn't cut it. But once again, just reiterating the news. So Colby Cave had a brain bleed earlier in the week, not COVID-related. Um, he was placed in a medically induced coma just a few days ago on Tuesday. Um, he was placed in a coma at uh, Toronto Hospital. And th- it was confirmed this morning with a statement from Colby Cave's wife, Emily Cave. They'd been married for less than a year. In fact, um, they just got married right before the season began where he was in the Edmonton training camp, eventually got sent down to Bakersfield. Uh, There was a possibility that he would be going back up to the Oilers. Um, Ethan Bear moved up. So there was still a lot that could happen there. But, I mean, this, this is tragic. This is beyond tragic. Um, we don't know what exactly caused the brain bleed. And he did have emergency surgery on Tuesday. 
Um, that surgery was to remove a colloid cyst that was causing pressure on his brain. So that's essentially what happened. Um, just an emotional, emotional day and weekend for the entire National Hockey League, the American Hockey League, and the hockey world in general. And around this same time, it's been two years since the Humboldt accident, and now we have this terrible tragedy taking place in the hockey world. Once again, Colby Cave uh, passing away over the weekend, dead at the age of 25. Um, I know it's kind of a maudlin way to end the podcast. Uh, Next podcast we have... I'll go more in-depth because there will be more news and more mourning for Colby Cave. And with no hockey going on, I mean, this is pretty much the only news in the National Hockey League, the big news in the National Hockey League, unfortunately. But next podcast, we'll talk more about that. And we'll talk more about the 2003 Stanley Cup Final and also tease some upcoming programming that will be taking place on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. So bear with us. And as you guys may have noticed before, you know, getting podcasts up every so often has been tough because I had been under the weather. So it's very tough to get even two to three programs out a week. And I will try my best to keep that up. So I just wanted to let you know that. Um, you can hear this or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And be sure to check us out at LO underscore Ducks or follow me at StimpyJD. Uh, that is pretty much it for the weekend. I want to thank you all for listening. And we're going to get some more regular programming. I, I promise um, we're going to have more regular programming later on this month. Uh, but for now... Uh, Once again, we'll go more in-depth on Colby Cave. And yeah, that's what we're going to do next time. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, this is Jason J.D. Hernandez saying, you know, keep your social distancing, stay indoors. We're all in this together. And once again, sending our best thoughts and prayers to the Cave family. Uh, We're thinking about you and practice social distancing and stay healthy and stay safe, Anaheim.